0: Let's <laughs> go. Hello, Trash Crusaders. Welcome to episode two of Save Trash Cinema, the podcast where terrible and incredible are one in the same. One in the same. On today's episode, we are tackling a personal favorite of mine, a bombastic wig filled time, a film with enough speedos to fill a new Street Fighter 2 swimsuit edition and potentially the last true American movie. Samurai Cop. But before we get into that, let me introduce you to my wonderful co-host, Patrick Schwager. How are you today?
1: <sighs> Came in. I'm fine. How are you? You know what, Patrick? I hate that response. I'm moving on. <laughs> and
0: for our special guest today on today's episode is going to be the muse to Save Trash Cinema, the one and only Bennett Thompson. Bennett, how are you, my friend?
2: I'm not well. I'm not well, and it's because of this movie and this podcast. But you know this. I've been scarred and we need to talk about it. So let's get to the I damn love to show.
0: hear. I love to hear how much you guys love this film. But before we jump in, just a little quick housekeeping. Uh, we'd love it if you rated and reviewed the podcast on your podcast app of choice. Don't forget you can be on the show by emailing us your thoughts and questions to Save Trash Cinema at gmail.com. Or you can DM us on Twitter at Save Trash Cinema or on Instagram at Save Trash Cinema as well. Now, as we go further, let's do a little overview of the film known as Samurai Cop. Samurai Cop was filmed, written, and directed by Iranian actor-director-writer Amir Shervin. Shervin was born in Tehran, Iran in 1929. He studied theater in Pasadena, California in the 1940s and returned to Iran to begin his film career. During the 1979 Iranian Revolution, all movies were subject to review by the Iranian government, and many of them banned due to their content, while others were quote-unquote purified or altered to suit the growing anti-Western and pro-Islamic sentiment. This caused a pause in his film career starting in 1980 and ending with his move to the United States, where he settled in California to begin work on his very first film, Hollywood Cop. On the set, Shervin used used improvisational acting and dialogue often due in part to his technique having cultural roots and later due to English being his second language. This combination of circumstances made for a large degree of accidental humor and bloopers as perceived by his new viewer base and also led to his post-mortem success as a cult classic B-movie director. Ironically, Shervin was one of the more polished and educated filmmakers of his time in Iran and was respected as such. Can I jump in? Gabe? For the film, <laughs> for the film itself, Uh, The film follows Joe Marshall, further referred to as Samurai Cop, and Frank Washington as two tenacious police detectives who seek at all costs to stop the Katana, the Katana renegade Yakuza gang composed of violent and sadistic killers who want to lead the drug trade in Los Angeles. The film stars Matthew Caradas as the titular Samurai Cop, as well as the Shervin regular and star of many trash cinema classics, Robert Zadar. It's pertinent to note that robert zadar suffered from a rare medical condition called cherubism which resulted in a lo- enlarged jawline that jawline and his imposingly large physical stature led him to being cast as the villain in such films as maniac cop one through three as well as in Shervin's other cult hits killing american style and young rebels the final cut of samurai cop runs for an hour and 36 minutes and was released in 1991 Samurai Cop would end up being Amir Shervin's final film before passing away in 20- 2006. With that being said, Patrick, give me some initial thoughts. What do you So, thinking? actually,
1: I would like to, to address just a couple things mentioned in the, this kind of the breakdown of the film, uh, some context, as it were, about um, Shervin and his career. It says mm-hmm. here um, on the set, Shervin used improvisational acting and dialogue often, which is so obvious. That mm-hmm. half of this is not written, um, but the more interesting piece is that he found postmortem success as a classic or as a cult classic B movie director. I take issue with this because I would say this is like a is like G movie director. Is that a, a tier here or is B is B accurate?
0: I think you're missing the point, Patrick. We have such films as Plan from Plan Nine from Outer Space <laughs> uh, from Ed Wood, which is arguably. One of the best films ever made. I see. Um, and so I don't know if there is a G. There there definitely is a Z somewhere in the middle of okay. okay, I just wanted to, but... to clarify. But you know, yeah, this thoughts... definitely I don't think I don't think it would get into B, uh, B level. It would definitely be below that. Uh, it's Bennett, closer to Y.
2: To I when I think of this movie, I think of the letter Y. I think of the <laughs> word Y.
1: <laughs> I so to to actually give some initial thoughts instead of just question the, the context, um, my, my initial thoughts are this is an absolute capital T trash pile of a film. Um, sure. It went places I didn't expect it, uh, it, you know, for good or for worse. Um, and I can't say that uh, uh, I can't say it's a good movie, but I can say it's a movie I watched. How about you? This movie, watch.
2: (laughs) I can say it's not a good movie. I can say that with full capacity and awareness. I could also say that yes, I did watch it, and while it did run an hour and thirty-six minutes, the effect it had on my life Mm. will be much longer lived. The butterfly, the butterfly effect. We're gonna. This is a this is a permanent scar, akin to a Serbian film. This this is gonna leave a mark.
0: (laughs) Well, before we go any further. I do want to point out a bit of an anecdote about Bennett. Now Bennett is partially responsible for Save Trash Cinema's creation. Um, It started one evening. We had watched uh, a Serbian film, which you just mentioned, which if you don't know it, you should watch it or don't watch it. Probably don't watch it. And then we followed that by watching a little known film called Regurgitated Sacrifice. Now, no, it's not a little the, well known. It's not known at all. <laughs> <laughs> both of these films would categorically fall into the extreme horror space. Um, and while we were watching the film, I kept looking over at Bennett and he, all he could say was fuck and why? Fuck, why? Why fuck? fuck watch just over and over and over again and it led me to this idea was like you know we should start a podcast where i torture all my friends by making them watch uh extreme horror films but after you know some debate and going back and forth we realized it would be better probably just to stick to trash cinema so in today's show we are torturing both patrick and bennett with samurai cop and now on to the show (laughs) samurai cop everybody Are you
1: Fujiyama? Yes, I am. Who are you? I'm a cop.
2: His real name is Joe Marshall. They call him Samurai. He speaks fluent Japanese. He got his martial arts training from the masters in Japan. was brought over here from the police force in San Diego to fight us.
1: Would you like to fuck me?
2: When they're talking to bringing this moron from San Diego to fight the Japanese Katana gang. Bingo. I want him dead. I want his head cut off and brought here. Have you been circumcised?
0: Yeah, I have. Why?
1: Well, your doctor must have cut a big portion of it off. I want his head on this piano so that every man in my organization understands once more that no
2: Katana gets captured alive or fucked. Got that? did you know i'd come home with you let's just say
0: i can read eyes the movie starts with a discussion amongst katana gang about the wanton need to unite all of the mafias under one united flag cut to a negotiation between the katana gang and the chinese mafia after things go sour the chinese mafia leader is killed Don't worry, this is never brought up
2: again and is completely useless to the actual plot. Killed with a cheap shot, by the way. Just stabbed in the gut with his hands by his side. Total cheap shot.
1: (laughs) Also, we're two minutes into the film and this is already objectively the worst audio quality I've ever heard in any... Now, I'm not even counting movies. I'm counting any piece of media I've ever watched. What I really... like The thing that I realized about two minutes in do you guys know those videos on YouTube, the bad lip readings? Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This movie is a bad lip reading. Like eighty percent of the, bad lip reading. Eighty bad percent of the movie got something close. Which very
2: bad lip reading.
1: Eighty percent of the movie, the words do not match what they're saying, which is a trivia fact. So this is one, um, came and pulled. This says uh, Amir Shervin shot much of the film. Quote: Wild which apparently means with no sound, and dubbed in a lot of the dialogue later. Many actors were not available to speak their lines again, so Shervin used his own voice and warped it in post-production to sound different. That's why the Chinese henchmen at the beginning sound like a robot. And the funny thing is, it's not even that, not only do people sound different, there are at least I stopped counting at, at one point. I was like keeping a tally of how many times we see a scene and we see people talking and no dialogue happens. Like we don't hear. I stopped counting because it happens so often. It was it's amazing. Keep going. It,
0: it really is. So next, we are introduced to Samurai Cop and his sidekick Frank as they embark to take down a drug ring. They start tailing a van while also using air support from Peggy, helicopter extraordinaire, Samurai Cop. Loses the van, and the cocaine handoff proceeds as planned. After the handoff, samurai cop You're and side skipping came- a
2: lot of trash here, Cameron. This is your show, but you are skipping <laughs> over a plethora of trash. I have well, to he- keep
0: a time limit on this, okay. guys. I- we I- do. I
2: understand. I I have to lead with this. Peggy is my mother's name, so mm. especially during this scene when you they took this continue- continuously said, "Peggy, where's the van? Peggy, where are the perps? Peggy, where are we at location?" Peggy, 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 and I'm like, oh, okay, I, mm, it's already nails on a chalkboard for me. The the terrible part, the most terrible part of this awfully drawn out chase scene. There's no <laughs> tension. The audio is bad eighty synthesizers, but it makes you feel good. And I get it; it sounds like it's supposed to induce that that, that speed. But it is it's foreshadowing.
0: This is foreshadowing. <laughs> this overly long foreshadowing our Sadly slow and uninteresting uh, van chase that that goes on in the very beginning of the film is foreshadowing all of the overly long and poorly done sex scenes that are coming up later in the film.
2: Later, you mean exactly the next scene, right? We go from a guy in the middle of the back of a van, doors wide open with a shotgun, not two car lengths away from a samurai cop and his partner, completely whiffs, stormtrooper aim, not a single <laughs> window is broken. Partner leans out the window, takes one shot with a crack pistol, and pops him. He's like, "Yeah, well, let's say, them. let's
0: not get too far ahead of ourselves. We are jumping far. Ahead. A little bit. I just have to after the handoff. How
2: awful the first chasing is because <laughs> it's coke, coke, coke. Peggy, Peggy, Peggy. Stormtrooper rain. Now we're into like some right. real drama. So after the handoff, samurai
0: cop and sidekick catch the van again after lengthy, like we discussed earlier, car chase in which the sidekick kills three gunmen inside of the van. The chase comes to an explosive end. Literally, the van hits an embankment and inexplicably explodes. The driver falls out of the van, covered in flames and is
1: extinguished by the duo. I have several things to say here. (laughs) First of which is so something that we we did skip over is that the very first time we see Samurai Cop is, is he's wearing the wig like they could, they didn't even pick the first time that we see him that he's has his own hair which so I'm gonna share a, a quick piece of trivia but then I have more to say came in this so lead actor Matthew Creadis credited as Matt Hansen, cut his long hair very uh, short seven months after filming wrapped. While he was looking for more acting work, director and screenwriter Amir Sherwin called him back to do some reshoots. And his, so his hair had been cut by this point. So obviously Sherwin was furious that Caratus Kure, uh, had cut his hair and immediately went out to look for a wig. Unfortunately, Sherwin was only able to find a woman's wig that looked nothing like Kuretis's long hair. Kuretis agreed to wear it, assuming Sherwin was going to do some long shots and pickups, but Sherwin still had literally half of the movie to shoot, if not more completely out of chronological order. So as a result, his hair alternates throughout the film between his natural long hair and what is obviously a wig and i'm convinced they don't say it in this little uh in this little trivia factoid i'm convinced they use multiple wigs like it is not the same wig there's like a curly like a really curly wig the there's candy. like a wavy wig there's, there's like one a, that looks
2: like it's straight out of an archie comic it's like a yeah, cartoon there's,
1: there's like a bob that's like like a long bob wig it's it's unbelievable mm-hmm. but it's just it's so shocking to me i mean it shouldn't be that the first time we see it that we see him is him with the fucking wig, like let's at well, least it's, set it's a baseline great. here. It what's so fantastic about this whole
0: thing, right? Is he says that the hope he agreed to wear the wig, and the hopes that or the the have you know the movie is going to be shot with long shoots, which to the audience those are going to be scenes that the character is far away, so it wouldn't be as noticeable. However, sure. the wig is so egregiously bad <laughs> that you not only see it from like 40 miles away. Yeah. But they always put a hat that's just slightly too small on top of a wig that's slightly too big. And it just like floats like a bobber on top of the water, just like on top of this wig. And and it's the most noticeable thing you can see. And that is the very first time, like Patrick said, that we see Sam up in action.
1: He, he is has the wig. The wig and like, it's funny I as I was watching this movie, because we don't see him in a hat until like an hour into the film, into the movie. I'm not going to call this a film into the movie. And the whole time leading into that, I'm like, why didn't we just throw him in a like ponytail, hat, let's hide the wig? But then the first time we see him in a hat, I'm like, oh, that's why. Because it somehow looks infinitely worse than just the wig on its own. Um, but I also, with the chasing, there's one of the things that I noticed that I thought was really funny was he reuses this piece of dialogue like four times in a row of uh samurai cop driving he goes he like kind of ducks a little bit he goes shoot shoot him and then he just like keeps cutting yeah. back and it's just him kind of like bobbing. shoot shoot him shoot, would you please to shoot the him. point where Rose and I are like
2: <laughs> stop using
1: this dialogue
2: because it's it,
0: incredible well after samurai cop and Frank extinguished the driver of the van we cut immediately the samurai cop in his we cut immediately the samurai cop in his very, very, very sensual, sexy little underwear having a very sensual and sexy softcore sex scene with Peggy, the helicopter pirate.
2: Which I would say, flat cut, just literally a flat cut from action to softcore. And, and it is the happens very multiple first,
1: times.
0: The very first sex scene of the film. And it's at this point, because this scene, this sex scene is like two and a half minutes long. It's at this point, we're maybe we're maybe five to 10 minutes into the film at this point. Sydney looks we're at me and she minutes. goes, she looks at me and she goes, are we watching a soft core porno? Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Well, if yeah. she
2: looked up anytime during that scene, chances are you would see literally from the bottom of her chin to the top of her navel. That's where the camera stuck. Just sits. Boobs, centered screen, no change, no edits, just, boobs no face no it's just, just this like flat Straight palm. but he does
0: this like like he does this samurai cup does this like flat palm caressing where oh, the in, touching like, is awkward it, it's, oh it's, it's just awkward. like him like using the palm of his hand to like just kind of rub up against her body oh, it's like cringy. he's trying to be sexy but it's, it doesn't it's work it's cringy there, touching
1: it's i noticed this thing and i promise i'm not just making a joke i honestly had this thought we're watching the movie we're 10 minutes in this the action scene that, that's right before this. It's so frenetic, it's so frantic. The editing, it's like chopping every half second, and then we just do a hard cut to this sex scene. It it reminded me of an Oscar winning film called Bohemian Rhapsody. The editing in this movie really, if you if you've seen Bohemian Rhapsody, mm. it the same. It has to be the same editor. It's just like Ooh. the most frenetic. Like every five, like half a second, we're changing the 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 angle. We're changing the angle. We're changing the angle, and then boom, sex scene. I'm like, what the fuck's happening? Why? That's and then a, that's to a your real point, film, though. This, this was sure, not... <laughs> it's all. It's I mean, it's that, terrible. That's all the that story. Very well. Honestly, Bohemian Rhapsody could be a modern trash cinema, in my opinion. I my
0: don't, word. I don't disagree. So yeah, getting back on the plot. Back at the Katana Gang's hideout, we get an exposition dump about Samurai Cop. He is fluent in Japanese and was brought to the states from Japan to take down the Katana Gang. Keep in mind, Samurai Cop is very, very, very white. He is a white man named Joe Marshall coming from Japan. And later in the film, we actually get a, a moment where he he tries to pronunciate a, a, one of the Katana Gang, the Katana Gang's leader, his first name, and he can't even do that. So I doubt that he's fluent in Japanese. We also learn that the driver of the van is alive and in the hospital. Luckily, Robert Czar or his character's name is Yamashita is on the case and is heading there to kill him at the hospital. Samurai cop and the nurse have an unusual exchange. Unusual. (sighs) There you go. Yeah.
2: And we learn he's kind of a womanizer. (sighs) Um, Kind of. Again, you say kind of all we know about his relationship with Peggy, the helicopter pilot, is that slight interaction that they had while he's driving the car, telling his partner to shoot, and he's yelling up to Peggy to keep an eye on the van with the coke? That's it. That's our only idea of their relationship. Immediately jump scene to them having really well, he does awkward make a sex. reference. And then immediately we go into this next scene where he's looking where we're looking at this nurse and just directly into, hey, I'd like to tell you, I think you're really pretty. It's it, the, the come on lines are just horrifically cringy. And he Correct. just looks at her. He says, I'd like to tell you something. I think you look great. But the nurse, mm, she's got some moxie. She doesn't I mean, got
0: Patrick. You gotta, yeah,
2: I got, got it. it.
1: Do you like what you see?
2: I love what I see. Would you like to touch what you see? Yes. Yes, I would. Would you like to go out with me?
0: Uh, yes, I would.
1: Would you like to fuck me?
0: Bingo. Well, then let's see what you've got. She grabs his cock. Doesn't interest me.
2: Nothing ah, there. small nothing there Just exactly what would interest you something the size of a jumbo jet Have you been circumcised? Yeah, I have Ask the girl questions. Well, your doctor must have cut a big portion of it off Oh,
0: no, he uh, he was a good doctor
2: Good doctors <laughs> make mistakes, too That's why they buy insurance Hey, don't worry I got enough. It's enough. It's big. I want it's bigger. Big. Oh. I want oh. bigger.
1: Here's the thing. <laughs> so at this point, we've realized <clears throat> a couple things. You kind of hinted at a, at it a little bit. The samurai cop, there's a lot of low-key, uh, probably high-key racism coming from him with the way he talks to the, the Katana gang. And then this, like, just like a blatant sexism. Like you can tell this woman does not want to be saying these lines. And like, there are so many situations in this movie where I just like, I just felt so bad for these woman actors. But she's the only only woman that stands up to him.
2: She's the only woman that actually gives him some shit back, says you got a tiny prick. After which the black guy says, Hey!
0: (laughs)
1: That's
2: true. (laughs) He definitely, yeah, Frank definitely jumps in
0: at the end and is like, okay, samurai cop couldn't bag the nurse. Now it's my chance to try to do the same, and she just scoffs and walks off and leaves him. Uh, Absolutely incredible. So from there, samurai cop and Frank leave the hospital. After they leave, one of the gang's henchmen wills in Yamashita, who's wielding a samurai sword, and proceeds to cut the
1: burned man's head off. This dude is 6'2", at least, probably <laughs> 6'5. And he's just like, like hiding in a trash can, chilling in this little, like, oh, uh, this, this laundry this cart. standard.
2: Yeah, the standard hospital sneak him in, sneak him out laundry cart routine with a katana mm-hmm.
1: yeah. at his side. Gets out, and like the way that they show it, it's so funny. It looks like he's just like slicing his throat, and then all of a sudden, he's just holding his entire head. Looks like he's buttering bread, and then he's got a head in a bag. <laughs> Which I feel remiss if I don't point this out. Um,
0: Robert Zadar is also a white man. His name is Yamashita.
1: Well, he is yes. not
0: Japanese or in any sort of Asian descent. He is a white man.
1: Yeah, they definitely uh, he's wearing some makeup for sure to adjust his skin tone, I believe in this film. And, and the facial
2: hair, I think, is has an Asian flair to it. But I mean, he follows the Bushido code, so we can't judge him on the color of his skin. Although there is no plenty used... of skin color judging in this film. Make no mistake. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: So there's also at the precinct. Hold on. Mm. One, one other quick thing. There's also this thing Sorry. that happens after the, the guy's head is cut off with the audio that I really got a kick out of, which is when they're like running down the hallways, they don't because like, cause they didn't film with sound. It sounds like someone is, like, just has their hand up to the mic. And it's just like tapping on their hands to make a footstep sound. <laughs> and this is like the quietest footsteps I've ever heard. And it's this like guy running for his life down this hallway. And it's just the quietest just like the, the dissonance of the sound editing. I just and
2: another extremely it's it's haunting long scene of just watching somebody run just an yeah. just mm-hmm. unedited long shot of just running and looking and then maximum literal ass kicking he just kicks the crap out of people in the parking lot on his way out he's accosted by I would say half a dozen men that just say hey what are you doing I'd like to talk to you like there's no <laughs> alert out there's no alarm <laughs> going off they don't know this guy's head's been chopped off we do see a security guard recognize that after the fact he's got a great jerry curl by the way oh, and man. had one very awkward speaking line where he's front and center camera another horrifically awful cut but he literally goes into the parking lot and just starts throwing feet and he lands every single foot that goes in the air every (laughs) single one of these half dozen men just goes straight down they hop in the back of the chevy cavalier with the top down and we're on our way red sonja's driving she is indeed
0: so Back at the precinct, samurai cop and Frank get scolded by the captain about the death of the burned man and the fact that an officer lost their hand. <laughs> now, I would say, like to say there is no context whatsoever. No samurai sword was used outside of the fact that he used it one time to chop the man's head off. No police officer at all is present in the scene, but apparently one of them lost a hand after being scolded.
1: Sorry, go ahead. Mm-hmm.
0: After being scolded, Joe kisses the captain on the forehead before leaving.
1: So I'm convinced this someone just ad libbed this line about having their hand cut off, but because trivia fact, almost every single movie in this or every every single shot in this movie was done with just one take, they didn't do they didn't go back and do a reshoot. They just oh, we got it. He said it, that's ah, fine. No one's gonna care. yeah because uh, yeah. there's also there's uh. I think it's this scene where at one point they cut to Frank and he just looks busted as hell. Like he has just been on like a 30 hour bender and has not slept in weeks. And it just, they don't explain it. And then the next time we see him, perfectly fine. Like I think Frank in real life must have come to set just like completely hungover and they just didn't care that's just and they fine they try like to to make smiling with <laughs> bells on
2: and it, and it's the standard angry captain with a heart problem cliche right like he complains about you guys get me so upset my heart's gonna pop oh i gotta take my medication it's and he's just ranting at these guys wanting to get rid of joe uh, you know and the frank has to basically ask the co- ask the captain and say we need him on this case. He's going on a tirade about why we shouldn't have San Diego Samurai Cop in town working on this case. Because all it's gotten us is a lost trunk full of cocaine <laughs> and a dead guy with no head and somewhere a lost hand. So he's losing it. Frank, all he has to do to his credit is say, Captain, we'd be better off without him. Captain nods his head and agrees, gets a kiss on the forehead for it, and then goes on one of the best little oh oh! it really just popped him in that in that weak heart of his to get kissed mm, on the forehead mm-hmm. for some reason i don't know why that's a trigger maybe it's because he doesn't want to be bald and he's not going to wear a wig like everybody else in this movie but <laughs> the kiss on the forehead at the end of the scene was just phenomenal <sighs> oh <no. laughs> He loses his shit. It like it literally yeah. bothers him to his core. Like, God, he just starts screaming. God damn it, motherfucker. Well, it also stuck in a point. He points it out the door and the camera just lingers on him pointing out the door for a good 4 or 5 seconds before he just says, "Nah, he's a good cop."
1: <laughs> and and also like this the scene where they're just like in the precinct just like shooting the shit together and Samurai cop just had sex with the, the woman that's there the blonde woman we just saw it we mm-hmm. saw the inside of her asshole essentially and then he's talking about hooking up with this other girl and she's just like cool with it like so we've yeah. just we've
2: created a world in which everyone oh, is yeah, totally I forgot fine about that. like literally I flirting cop. with another girl right in front of the woman uh-huh. he just had sex with she like slaps and, him on the shoulder and, and not like, only oh. that
1: but i believe this is the scene where at the end of the scene she says to him something along the lines of like i may stop by so keep it warm Exactly. Like, what yeah, the fuck that he says that to be Warm. He that's another that's another out her.
2: through the film. She in the helicopter, he asks her if it's warm, and she says it's warm and ready. That's right. Um, that's right. Just wait, it gets worse from here. It, yeah, it, it does get Samurai worse. Samurai
0: Cop and Joe head to the Blue Lagoon Lounge <laughs> to confront the leader of the Katana gang. Samurai Cop lays the heat down on Fujiyama, the gang leader, then hits on his girlfriend because that's what Samurai Cop does. They're followed into the parking lot by a bunch of goons and promptly whoop everyone's ass. Guy <laughs> Yamashita, or a guy, pulls out a samurai sword. So Joe, so Frank shoots him <laughs> he pulls like a very Indiana Jones moment where the guy pulls it, he just takes his gun out and shoots the guy in the chest. Samurai cop then takes the sword and chops one of the others, one of the other goons' arms off. <laughs> in the finale of the fight, Yamashita pulls out an Uzi kills all of the henchmen in his attempt to kill Samurai Cop. However, he fails at taking Samurai Cop's life.
1: And he, I, it's just so funny that in this scene, when uh, Yamashita shoots everybody, it is so obviously a paintball gun and he's just, everyone's just getting sprayed with red paintball. So obvi-
2: I literally have it written in my notes. Yeah. It's a paintball gun. <laughs> it
1: is so obvious. I've never seen this tactic used in, in a movie before where they shoot people with a red paintball gun. honestly, it's kind of genius.
2: Well, it's kind of genius, case, but it's also it's a that disconnect that. that you feel when when you're watching a movie, and you can tell when when there's a, a a blood charge and it explodes and and it pops out like it's it it's you can tell it's fake, but it's not disconcerting. But when you can almost see the blood bullet ricochet off of the clothing oftentimes again you'll see it a lot later in the film but at least in this moment they're actually using projectile paint so at mm-hmm. least that's a good thing we're skipping over a lot here which i'm fine with but that whole scene in the restaurant where they've got the lawyer essentially the japanese mafia head has lawyered up and and Samurai Cop is saying, I got a lot of shit on you. And then literally crickets like they should have just inserted the cricket sounds since they had so many sounds on file. And and basically, it just <laughs> starts hitting that the, the only girl at the table. There's one mm-hmm. girl amidst the immediately hits of on men and immediately starts hitting on her right. After and not, not only some kind of present, some kind mm-hmm. of jewelry gift. And not only does oh, he hit on her, but he successfully hits
0: on her and they Successful. Oh, no, not only that, but he and I've and I left this out of the dock because I just didn't want to get into how offensive this was. Yeah. But he then goes up to the concierge of the Blue Lagoon. Oh, yeah. That was and really then he like convinces old. him like, hey, give give this girl who I have no clue what her name is. Give her my number. Tell him to hit up Sam Rykop because I want to take her on a date. And the guy's just like, oh, of course. Yeah, I'll definitely do that for you. I love you so much. And I'm almost positive that the actor was
2: Amir Sherman. He's like, the comically no gay <laughs> maitre D that you see in a lot yeah. of '80s films, like it's comically real, over the top, bad. eccentric gay. Oh, I'd be happy to tell her. What would you like me to tell her? And he says, "Tell her I think she's pretty." Like, oh, you do, <sighs> huh? It, it is, yeah. uh huh, cringy, uh-huh. and no camera cuts
1: again. If that, if this movie were made by Sam Raimi, uh, Bruce Campbell would have played that part. Oh yeah, hundred um, percent. So oh, apparently- and then we'd get a jaw off with him and Z. <laughs> Yeah, oh, that's yeah. true. Apparently, uh, so uh, a piece of trivia, the the restaurant scene that we just talked about was mostly shot at Carlos and Charlie's on Sunset Boulevard. And apparently oh. the long shot take of Matthew Kuretis, samurai cop, delivering his speech to Fujiyama was shot several months later in Amir Shervin's office. Uh, and Kuretis shot the scene alone talking to a chair and a lamp, which totally tracks because, I mean, most scenes in this film, you can tell that not only are these not good actors, but they just don't like... They don't have any professional
2: training. like They don't have any formal training of acting. That's another and, theme in this movie, yeah. though, is Joe getting preachy, preachy. This is yeah. not a, hey, we've got something on you and we want you to stop. He literally goes down the entire tangent of what's wrong with crime. Yeah. Mm, <laughs> you're yeah. killing and, kids because you're dealing drugs and all you're doing is making dirty money. It's a long speech about good versus evil. And, and just, in mm, the acting. process.
1: No, I wouldn't even call that acting. And the process says some some offensive things. I think is, is this Is the clip we have,
0: Kamen? This is indeed. This is actually. So at this point,
1: we have the famous clip that you
0: see a lot of times in regards to Samurai Cop, where uh, Samurai Cop is talking to to uh, his sidekick Frank, and Frank's car explodes at the end because Yamashita throws a grenade under it. So Frank's car explodes. And because Yamashita
2: this... had a grenade in his coat pocket. Let's not forget that.
0: Yeah. Well, you know. So th- this leads into this, this very famous line um, between Samurai Cop and his sidekick, Frank.
2: God, hey, look what they've done to my car. going to burn my ass. Yeah, he's going to burn it. Charcoal black. <laughs> it is black. Right on. Done. <laughs> not... I, I cringe hearing that just on audio. Yeah, it's It's, so bad. It's so fucking
1: bad. There are several poor Frank like I hope this man uh, got like I hope he sued someone after this because he just there's so many I mean, really any of the non-white characters in this there is some form of a racial joke toward them. But Frank gets so many. He gets like seven of them by the end of the movie. I'm like, poor Frank.
2: And this one becomes a recurring theme. The charcoal ass happens multiple times from here forward.
0: So, yeah. Samurai Cop goes back to the lounge to interrogate Fujiyama's girlfriend, Jennifer. In the process, he asks her out and is shut down on all advances. While leaving, he's confronted by more goons and once again kicks all of their asses. He's able to speak to one of them that points out that Fuji, one of Fujiyama's underlings as the person who hired him to kill Samurai Cop. The crew then heads to the underlings' address to capture him. Which brings us to the first callback in another one of those lines that just feels like you, you can tell in this moment that this was not written by someone who, whose English is their first language. Not right. only that, but you can also tell that this was written by someone who doesn't fully understand American culture. And
1: this happens.
2: Who's going to answer to Captain Roma on this? You shit man you burn my ass you don't have to worry about that it's already uh, really- uh yeah yeah i know it's already black huh <laughs> this time you probably cut my dick too huh you better come to my house before you report to the captain <laughs> let's use it before you lose it
0: <laughs> <laughs> so uh that was if it, so for the listeners who haven't seen the film uh, that was peggy the helicopter pilot So Uh, The
2: woman whose asshole we've seen. The nymphomaniac helicopter pilot.
0: Which, you know what, I have to say, good for her. You know what, good for her. I'm happy that she is uh, sexually active, as anyone has the right to do so. And so it sets the precedent that I think at this point, because we've already seen Samurai Cop, Frank, and Peggy now all try to get laid. After the scene's over there's like another couple things that happen and then Peggy comes back she's with one of the other officers and he oh, yeah. looks at her he, she looks at him and she goes says something on the lines of like um hey uh we We've got, got some time, time on our hand wanna fuck <laughs> and it's just Peggy shut up <laughs> it's just yeah and then he's like
1: shut up like this poor man
0: it's, it's one of those moments where you're just like Jesus fucking christ
1: this well and is and you can insane. And it's so obviously written by a man who thought oh, like, 100% like, like, like making oh, her man. out to
2: be the precinct bicycle. Uh-huh.
1: Uh-huh. And like has this this fantasy of like a woman just coming up to him and like, I'm bored. Let's fuck. Like, that's not how life <laughs> works, dude. So uh, there is one quick thing I wanted to circle back to. Yes. Uh, in the scene when cop visits the, the woman from the gang, um, there's this just really weird like crocheted like lion head yes. above (laughs) her mantle it's like a giant Aslan head just like the cut off lion head just like chilling and it is like made with yarn it never explained it doesn't match a single thing in the house like I'm convinced this must have been some like someone on set like built like made this and just wanted it to be in the film because it, it made like there it doesn't go with the house like it just felt so shoehorned in
2: but I want it. I it's, want it's, it to be right It's, it's here. mounted right above the mantle. It looks yeah, like literally a deer like head. A, 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 a a large dog sized lion head uh-huh. stuffed animal. And you can have uh-huh. that stuffed animal's from the neck up and literally mounted it like a deer, like taxidermy and then yeah. put it center of your mantle. And what's clearly supposed to look like a nice place. And you see this stuffed animal wall, which they pan over to. They don't want you to just look at it. It's <laughs> on the side of the screen. <laughs> right. They literally center the camera on it. So you can't not notice this thing. I think you're right, Patrick. I think somebody just said, I made I, this. I wanted it to film." Gotta be there. This is also
1: a scene or the scene where I'd been looking at samurai the whole time, figure trying to figure out, I call him Samurai in my notes because I never remembered his actual name. What's his name?
2: Joe Uh, Joe Marshall. Marshall. I'm going to call him Samurai. Whitest man in Uh, San Diego. Right. Joe.
1: Uh, I kept looking at Joe. Like, what is... There is something happening with your face. It's not your hair. But, like, there's just something weird. Bennett, have you ever watched the YouTube um, video series Monster Factory from the um, uh, McElroy brothers? Are you familiar with that at all?
2: I watch a lot of YouTube, so as a matter of fact, I have.
1: This Guy, I came to the conclusion, there's two, there are two options as to why he looks this way. My opinion is that he was made in Monster Factory and they just made his, like his eye and his nose and his mouth as close to each other as possible. Cause he's like, when you look at his facial features, they're so close to each other and there's just so much room around the outside of his face, but he doesn't have a round face. Like he doesn't have a round head or anything. He just, his eyes and everything is just, they're all so close to each other. And then Rose came to the conclusion, which I think is more apt that he has the face of a Lego. Like if you look at him, he really has the face of a Lego. Like he looks like it's just like a face was like pasted right in the middle of like an empty face. (laughs) And it just, it doesn't fit. It's like, it's such a weird, but this is the scene when in which we we came to those conclusions. All right, moving on. After a lengthy shootout that claims the lives of multiple
0: goons, Samurai Cop fights the underling in hand to hand combat like a man. Though Samurai Cop is able to defeat him, it is not without casualty. The casualty being Samurai Cop losing his wig on multiple occasions. Legendary. While while trying to handcuff him, Frank loses his gun and Samurai Cop has to shoot him or risk dying. Next, the Katana gang calls in outside help from New York to take out Samurai Cop, but alas, their feeble attempts fail as well. This scene in particular is probably the most jarring scene in the entire film, outside of the sex scenes, which we'll get to another one. The reason being is this takes place at a photography lab. There's no context on why Sam Rakop is at the photography lab or anything. However, a bunch of people just show up. And it's also in like this incredible example of the wig. His it's the whole scene. He's wearing the wig tied up in a ponytail. And he's got this hat on like a Dodgers hat. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's just like so perfectly fit. It's like, he's wearing like, like a, he's like the monopoly man, like this weird Mm. top hat that fits like perfectly just on top of the hair. So it's in, I would like legitimately think that it was like hair pinned onto the wig itself. So it didn't fall off. Had to be. Um, It's horrible. It is is easily what in the fight scene is one of those where it just drags out. It's so fucking
2: long and it's so funny. Um, but that's it's what well, I got in my notes fist fight double underscore long, long, long. Yeah. And that's the so thing, this... though. So go ahead, Gaiman.
0: Oh, no, 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 please.
2: OK, so I was going to say, like, so this fight is happening and
1: it feels like there's multiple fights in this film. It's like, what is the point of this other than they just wanted to have a fight? Which, like, for sure, I get it. But like they're you're not telling a story. You're just punching each other and nothing is happening. And then this is the second time in the film where we're through what probably is like. A five-minute fight scene with no point, and then boom, hard cut to fight. Right into it. Right into yeah. it. Hard well, cut. That moved, yeah, that
0: moves on the next part of the plot, which is we're once again treated to another soft-core porn scene. This and time this between one, Yamashita and one of the other henchmen. Red
1: this stone, one yeah. really I didn't like. Like this one really felt like I don't know that there was consent across the board like it i felt like there was some people maybe feeling like they had to do this and i just it i felt i had oh it made me feel so well if it
0: makes you if it makes you feel bad now you'll feel even worse once i tell you what the trivia part is on this one Uh, the actress who we've referred to as red Sonia, who is having sex with yamashita robert uh, zadar uh, in this scene um, apparently she felt incredibly uncomfortable while shooting oh. the scene. So Amir Shervin bought her a couple bottles of wine, which she drank oh, both.
2: God. Um, and then we, we have what we have. Um, that's not a joke. Cause I literally remember thinking that she looked drunk. Like you, you get a very close up view of, well, first her tits and then her eyes and she <sighs> is looking off into space. She is completely disconnected. That makes me season. so uncomfortable very but oh, so, did the scene. so did the scene well we're
0: gonna move on quickly from that yeah. because i don't want to linger too long on how awful this is but the sex scene is interrupted by a phone call Yamashita finds out that um samurai cop has essentially killed all of the goons that were hired to hunt him down and therefore they have full clearance now to try to hunt down however they can hunt down samurai cop So what happens is Yamashita and a segment of their crew show up at one of the other officers' homes and tries to kill him while they're trying to determine where Samurai Cop lives. In the process, they get the address to Joe and Peggy's home. Goons show up. Or sorry, they they get the address to Frank and Peggy's homes. I always get this confused because the way that they use the word Joe Cop, and Frank are so loosely Mm, like tossed around that it's so hard to follow. Uh, Goons show up to Frank's house and they grab his penis. Yep, they sure do. There's something about cutting off his dick at some point during this scene. um, But I just wanted to address it because it would be a
2: disservice not to do so. Um,
0: Frank is able to fend them off, however and well, they first
2: he's he's literally got a knife to his dick mm. and he says I'm going to cut off this gift this black gift those uh, are the words I have written down and I uh-huh. repeated it I watched uh-huh. it again to make sure I worded it correctly but that's exactly what it says this like, gift this black uh, gift when he's about to chop his dick off
1: and like this is one of those things where so you guys might have caught so he comes out of the bathroom in his, uh, in his towel he has a towel around his waist and he has like a towel he's kind of like the second towel was for, for his head. Oh. And the towel falls and he's wearing basketball shorts. No, 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 and he's I'm... wearing a speedo. Okay, well whatever. He's wearing, he's wearing something. Yes. He's wearing well, something. There's so many but...
0: speedos in this film. That's right. why I had Phil. Sure. Necessary. okay, fair.
1: Fair. Okay, so he's wearing a speedo. But it's like this so this dude, he's supposed to be naked and have like if there's a knife to his dick, but he gets to wear a speedo. Meanwhile, this woman is being forced to drink wine to have sex with Robert Zadar. Like <laughs> I hope this man didn't get to make many more films, but continue, came in.
0: Well, we'll get to that. Samurai Cop then shows up to Jennifer, Fujiyama's girlfriend's church.
2: <laughs> Creepy. Okay. To quote unquote ask more questions. Well, because he wouldn't, she wouldn't, he wouldn't take no for an answer. He accosted her at her home. Ask her, when can we go out? Uh, I'm busy tonight. How about tomorrow? Mm, I've got this thing to do. Okay, Sunday it is. It's like, no, Sunday I go to church. What church do you go to? Bam, now he knows what church he goes to. The Episcopal Church in Beverly Hills, by the way. The famous
1: Episcopal Church of Beverly Hills. He
2: he suits up, puts his hair in a ponytail, and picks her up after service. And then he uses some courty pickup line like, yeah, I was doing the sermon. Didn't you see me? (laughs) Like, oh, this is so... Bad and but she's still fighting it she is still to her credit trying to fight it but now that she sees that he's gone the extra effort to come to church and seek god with her she's going to let him see god with her what if you know what, I mean. what what makes it worse is is that he asked her the question
0: i like or tells her like i want you to come with me i need to ask you more questions she then comes back to his house under false pretense <laughs> Okay, they have a nice Sunday lunch together. Then go out to the beach. Which I want to mention. This is something Stid told me. She was like, "Hold on, she's wearing a bikini." Thank you. And she's like, "Did Samurai Cop just have like a bikini that fit her perfectly?" Just matching his house.
2: Matching. Oh yeah, no less. Well, literally wearing,
0: matches his black speedo. He's well, it's not even really a speedo. It's like he looks mankini. like a brunette like, Fabio. He's, he's yeah. wearing a thong, guys. He, a thong. I think he's yeah. Wearing, yeah. wearing a thong. I think he just bears bears it. It. so because samurai cop and jennifer are out on the beach getting all hot and heavy um, he does not get the phone call from frank that goons are coming to find him we cut then to peggy's house oh. and she's we see she is not as lucky mm. she gets tortured by yamashita and ends up ratting out where samurai cop lives how does she get tortured they pour hot oil
2: onto her vagina Oh, we don't necessarily see where they pour it, but it's definitely on her lower midsection.
1: Yeah, no, it's. I think they pretty strongly suggest that's where they pour it. It's, oh, yeah.
2: Uh, yeah, uh, and again, it's drawn out and mm, cringy. It's very yeah, cringy. That's, that, that's how they torture Peggy.
0: Well, it gets yeah. worse, guys, because really next fucks. we find Samurai Cop giving Jennifer a birthday cake because apparently it's her birthday. Still, while he's wearing his thong mankini. He then carries, carries literally carries her back to his bedroom where we get our third and final soft core sex scene of the film. And, and I think this is the any longest of the three.
2: This is easily the longest of the film. They I've had heard. no cake. She just needed, he literally yeah. made um, her an entire rotisserie chicken. They ate, they went to the beach for what felt like 10 minutes. They make out a little bit. She says, I'm hungry knowing that they just had a full rotisserie chicken. They go back to the house. I've got a birthday cake for you. She looks him in the eye, gives him the look. He picks her up. Bam, we're in the bedroom. Time to get uncomfortable. So I wrote in my notes here as I was watching uh, two things. I I
1: wish I could see timestamps, but at first I wrote, and here we are dot, dot, dot watching another awkward predatory sex scene. And then my next note in all caps, it's still happening. Came in. (laughs) Are you forcing our audience to watch porn? Is your kink making people watch something they don't realize is just porn? (laughs) And I sent him this last night and he said, yes, yes, yes. That's that's exactly (laughs) the whole point here. (laughs) So what happens
0: next? Frank interrupts their bang session with a phone call telling Samurai cop that the gang is trying to find him. Alas, he's too late and the gang has already arrived. Samurai Cop and Jennifer narrowly escape, but not without taking out a few goons along the way. Samurai Cop and Frank then infiltrate the gang's hideout, and we learn that Jennifer and her mother have been kidnapped, and they are there as well. The duo shoot their way through the compound, leaving nobody alive in the process. A running theme you might have discovered by this point is that no one survives in this movie. Mm -mm. If you're a bad guy, you are going to die. It's a shame Fujiyama. that the cop survives,
2: <laughs> but you're going to live for at least three gunshots. It's another thing I oh, noticed yeah. here: these bad guys can take a bullet to the heart, but they need three bullets to die. It's like mm. a rule in this movie. It's like yeah. a slow motion, yeah, screaming, falling over, one more shot, and then oh, that hurt. But I've still I got really, another shot in me. Take it, dead. I really loved the the goon who
1: has like a rifle. Um, he's like a really like big dude like he's very tall and he gets shot and he's like kind of dying and he like pulls up the rifle to shoot again and he gets shot a second time and he's like kind of starting to fall a little bit and then he's like no i still got it in me so he pulls it up again <laughs> and they shoot him and he finally goes down after his third shot but it's like okay he would have been dead after the first one come on
0: guys so, samurai cop and frank find Fujiyama but oh no he's holding jennifer hostage also we find out in the scene Jennifer apparently is in love with Samurai Cop. Of course, it, it, why not? It took a rotisserie chicken, a birthday cake, and an overly long sex scene
2: for her to fall in love with him. She tells they, her mom, I don't care, I'm in love. That's the quote I have here. Which, it's speaking been a of day. such. I don't it, care, I'm in love, mom.
0: Fujiyama, Fujiyama kidnaps both Jennifer and her mother. However, we have we don't see the mother again in the film. She's Presumably, she's a casualty of Samurai Cop's. Wrath of Vengeance. So in the scene, Frank er, Frank and Samurai Cop both throw their guns down in the attempt to end the standoff with Fujiyama. However, he does not abide by the truce and shoots Frank in the chest. Luckily, Frank is wearing a bulletproof vest and while laying on the ground, shoots Fujiyama dead. And I would like to point out at this point, that's not how bulletproof vests work. (laughs)
2: it's just not uh, no and then he talks shit about it right like he's looking over the dead body and he says i was (laughs) smarter than him yeah yeah joe says how he said i've got a bulletproof vest (laughs) which goes
0: to that goes to like lead to the conclusion that no one else in the movie knows what a bulletproof vest is or none of the other cops are wearing them
1: Mm -mm. we know the only smart one
0: yeah, we Certainly know for not a fact Samurai Cop, yeah, Samurai Cop, yeah, nowhere to
2: hide here. a bulletproof vest underneath his Canadian tuxedo. Well, oh he,
1: well, and beneath his Top Gun jacket that he wears, as if uh, that's yes. something a cop wears.
0: <laughs> so next, with Fujiyama dead, Samurai Cop has one last mission. Kill Robert the Czar. or or Yamashita, however you want to call him at this point. With Frank and Toe, the two of them infiltrate another hideout in search of the beefiest cake alive. Mm. Yamashita challenges Samurai
1: Cop to a final duel with swords. And apparently this final duel takes place over the course of multiple days with the amount of, like, lighting changes. And, like, you can tell it was filmed over the course of, like, at very different times of day that you'll see that a lot in this movie that brings on a
0: piece of trivia the entire movie is set during daytime because amir Shervin could not afford
2: lighting to
0: shoot the movie at
2: night daytime drug deals literally boat to car marina dead center parking lots handing off cases of cash and coke it's necessary as well to point
0: out This is the scene in which the scene starts with the two of them get to the compound. Uh, Samurai cop leaps a fence. However, Joe finds that he can roll underneath the fence and he does so. So Samurai cop looks at him. Joe's laying on the ground or Frank's laying on the ground and Samurai cop says, hey, Frank, what are you doing down there? Frank looks up at him and goes, what?
2: I'm an undercover cop. Oh, oh boy. Again, that's our comedic relief. Oh, boy. This is after they were sent by the captain. Remember the captain with the heart problem? He literally sent Joe and Frank to kill them. He says, don't let anyone live. This is an order from their captain. Don't leave anyone alive. (laughs) Come on. I mean, you're right. This this is when I realized what you told me. The only spoiler I got about this movie was that this was an Iranian man who directed what he thought was the premium American action film. So when you Mm. see the captain losing his mind and saying, don't leave anyone alive, that's not something that happens with American copdom, no matter what you think. Not indeed. So the two
0: Yamashita and Samurai Cop, the two clash swords, Hug and Grunt, and headbutt each other continuously for what feels like a lifetime samurai cop disarms his opponent and proceeds to kick the ever-living shit out of Yamashita. before samurai cop can behead his opponent and complete the bushido code frank tells him to stop since he's a cop as a final act of a samurai yamashida commits harakiri no, Joe, you're a cop. <laughs> <laughs> it's so great because it's like he's got the sword and he's all like like Roy veined out and like his mm-hmm. face is like beat red. Like, you know, he's like mm-hmm. sweltering in this heat. He's about to chop, And then Frank just walks up with the most deadpan look on his face. He's like, Joe, stop. You're a cop. And he just drops the sword. And he's like, you know what? You're right. In a mm-hmm. moment there, I was definitely going to chop a, a person's head off that I should have held he's in He's following custody. orders.
2: He was ordered to kill everybody. That is true. Now that is dis- true. This he's just obeying there, the direct order. Conflicting this things is,
1: happening. This is a great example of, like, there, there are times uh, in this movie where you can tell the director, writer, uh, creator, auteur, was like, I have seen in movies where, like, at the end, after the big fight, someone's like, don't do it. So I'm just going to do that because that's what you do in movies. And there are so many moments like that where it doesn't serve the story. It doesn't make sense, but he's just injecting it in there to like, make it seem more like a movie. You know what I mean? Whole
2: scene, this whole scene too was bad. Let's, let's just make this pointly clear. This is one of those, this is your climax scene, right? This yep. is the big bad guy versus the big good guy. And it is, long obviously uh-huh. it's drawn out the uh-huh. audio here i think is worse than any other action scene in yeah. the film and i wrote that as much like it's comically literally it sounds like a cartoon it's, like, uh-huh. it's ow bad. and Ooh. all the standards
1: and they use multiple wigs for, for multiple, like, oh, yeah. multiple like multiple like ed- there's there's a, a, yeah yeah
0: there's a distinct part during this fight scene where they're like headbutting each other, and and <laughs> Yamashita grabs the back of Samurai Cop's head, and the wig just like comes back, like completely, you see, almost like, his completely short hair. off. Yeah, you see this buzz cut. Yeah. So the movie, the, the movie concludes now with a cut back to Samurai Cop and Jennifer. They are back on the beach, both in their thongs, and they're in
1: the sweet embrace of Whoopi. And like you can Roll so credits. tell, this is the exact same. Like, this is just either reused footage or unused footage from the scene 40 minutes ago when they're on the beach. Like, totally the exact same. Like, oh, yeah. It's not them back at the beach. It's this is just more of it's them a, at the beach 40 yeah, minutes it's ago. It's a
0: stock. It's a stock reel. It could potentially yeah. be the
1: like literally the exact same.
0: I did not probably have the luxury to go back and re watch and compare the two, but I have a feeling it probably was the exact same. But That concludes Samurai Cop, which brings us to our next segment, which is trivia. We have a couple pieces of trivia for the film. So, Patrick, why don't you lead us through
1: this? Yeah, we covered a lot of them throughout uh, the movie when it made sense to. But the last couple pieces that that came and pulled in 2018, the Dave Matthews band uh, recorded a song titled Samurai Cop, which was the song itself is unrelated to the film. But according to an interview, Dave Matthews gave on The Tonight Show starring Jimmy Fallon the film was playing while the song was recorded and the title just stuck apparently, which honestly so, I have to say is probably
0: worse. This whole, that whole piece of trivia is worse than the entirety of Samurai cop,
1: the film. I couldn't disagree more. There are a few things that are worse than that movie came in.
2: <laughs> yeah. I don't yeah, know, man. Dave Matthews band Patrick. is pushing, pushing the buttons there. For sure. Me. But the sure. fact that they were watching Samurai cop- was this playing in the tour bus? We're were touring in Iran and this is like their, their citizen Kane. And it was just in in, in their Times square.
1: What we don't know about Dave Matthews band. And what we obviously have just learned is that someone in the band, whether it's Dave or Matthews or someone else, uh, that was a bad joke. Um, they are like Cayman and they force their friends to watch fucking
2: awful movies. I, that's no, exactly hold on a what second. it is. Somebody in that like, band is definitely tripping Billy's.
0: I feel like that's a very Nothing. strong, I'm not strong even words a. to fan. use. Nothing. I know. I feel like that's a very strong words. I feel like the person who put the film on was just another trash
1: crusader. Okay. In the eternal quest to save it. And yeah, we okay. should respect them as such. You're right. I, um, yeah. I, I withdraw. Um, second piece of trivia: A sequel to Samurai Cop was released in 2015 under what? the title of Samurai Cop 2: Deadly Vengeance, what? and the film also stars famous famous trash cinema alum Tommy Wiseau, as you would likely know from The Room. Um, I can say I
0: have does he play seen... Samurai Cop? No, he doesn't. He's actually yeah. I
1: want to say the vil- one of the
0: villains in the film. I've seen Got Samurai it. Cop 2: Deadly Vengeance, and I I hate to report back because I know all of you are very like waiting on pins and needles to find out if it was any good. It is not. Um, It is. It is not. It is not entertaining.
1: Whereas I feel like Samurai
0: Cop. Samurai Cop is entertaining as hell. Like it's so wild. It's so bad. It's so much fun to watch. Uh, Minus all the other like hit and miss kind of stuff that we talked about. That You know, isn't great. It's still an entertaining film. Samurai Cop 2. Deadly Vengeance. Not a great film. And I would do not Got be it. remiss to say, please do not watch that movie. It's not worth it. So with trivia out of the way, we come to the final segment of our show, the final thoughts round. Uh, what we're going to do today is a rating of one to five. One being I strongly do not recommend this absolute hog shit tra- trash pile of a film up to level five, which is I strongly recommend this amazing film cinema. So cinema, cinema so Patrick start us off you tell me final thoughts rating one to five what do you rate I,
1: so I I kind of the way I came down on this was the first like 30 minutes I had a I had a lot of fun like it the the novelty of like the audio being bad was fun the wigs was fun like there was a lot of stuff where I was like wow this really is like a total like this is really trash cinema and I was having fun but by the end of it it just that kind of allure wore off for me Um, so ultimately I I don't think I would go as far as to say that this is a one I wouldn't say that like I don't I strongly don't recommend you watch this because like there are some things that are fun about it but I would I think I would come at a strong two I do not recommend personally watching Samurai Cop Bennett
2: so, I'll just give my rating right off the bat. If we're going from strongly disagree, disagree, neutral, agree, highly agree. I'm neutral because okay. I, I hear both of you. Believe me, Patrick, I am more on your side than you might know. This sure. movie is awful. But to Kamen's point, it is brilliantly awful it's it's so bad it's yeah. good and i've definitely seen really bad movies that aren't entertaining i understand what cayman's getting at here this was so bad but still very thoroughly entertaining because you're basically laughing the whole time you're laughing sure. at the camera work if nothing's being said you're laughing at the fact that there aren't any camera cuts you're laughing at the fact that you're watching a wig fall off or yeah. how quickly he can get these women into bed or the things these women say there's so many good lines of this movie too which happens a lot with these kinds of movies but specifically i love the captain's recurring line of i'll see you in hell the first one comes when uh fujishima that's whatever his name is the japanese mafia Nakashima or fujiyama his fujiyama his lawyer is in the captain's office after the meeting at the blue dolphin where he said i'm gonna talk to your captain and the the lawyer says to the captain After they've gone back and forth to each other, he says, I'll see you in court. The captain just looks at him and says, fuck you, motherfucker. I'll see you in hell. And the uh, seal and hell thing comes apart a couple of times. The the charcoal ass thing comes to play three times, I believe I counted correctly. So they were trying to do, again, American cliches, force these little callbacks and, and get to know these people. Yeah. It just never worked. So I sit at three because I say, if you understand the premise of what Kamen is doing here with Safe Trash Cinema, if you can appreciate really bad films that can still be really entertaining, he's right. This is is top notch. But if I said to you and you just said I like movies you, you guys said you watch this movie. Is it worth watching? If I don't think you're capable of appreciating the terribleness of this atrocity of whatever you might want to call it. Somebody got their hands on a video recorder. It's you're not gonna. There's a lot of people yeah. that are gonna say, "I like movies. I'll watch it because Cayman and, and his his movie nerd said so." You're not gonna get it. it. It's it's atrocious. But I laughed at the Wilhelm's. I laughed at yeah. the Stormtrooper aim. I. You're right, Cayman. I had an awesome time. I took six pages of notes on this trash. It, it was a fun time. Yeah. Would I watch it again? hell to the hell no Would i recommend it to anybody that's not into what you're trying to do here absolutely not but for those few people those seven remaining souls in the rest of <laughs> night, we're shouting out to them
1: the I, I agree with a lot of what you said bennett the one thing the reason that this drops to the two for me and not stays at the three is the problematic portions of it like The so like the thing, especially that trivia piece about like the wine, like that's one of those things where it's like knowing that that's the only reason that I I I lean more toward the two
2: than staying at the three
1: because I do think like there are parts of this that are entertaining, but the racism
2: that doesn't seem untimely that it just seems like it was bad racism, the definite misogyny and and cringeworthiness of the sex scenes, and that's what moves the needle for me. Well, boys, yeah, there's a lot of cringy in this movie. I will
0: come in with my rating now, please. And my my final thoughts. It's this your is show, the it. this is the third or fourth time that I've sat through Samurai Cop. Wow, um, wow! I've got I own Just this movie. It is it is part of my collection. I have it on Blu-ray. I'm gonna come Blu-ray. They a, made I'm a gonna, I'm gonna come in with a piping hot 4.5, and let me tell you why.
1: Oh, you're breaking the scale
0: breaking the scale 4.5 i'm gonna I'm, okay. gonna I'm gonna go in between the i do recommend this film to watch and then i strongly recommend this film this film is amazing this is cinema okay um the reason it's not a five for me is as patrick stated it is the the problematic elements because there are some issues and yeah in this situation there's on one hand you have to i feel like with a lot of times with trash cinema especially is you have to separate yourself from the time period that it was released not I'm not approving of the elements that took place, right? There's yeah. I'm not approving of it. I don't think that that it's okay. And I think that ultimately this is just kind of bad, right? However, if you separate yourself from that and you understand, you know, that was a different time than Amir Shervin's dead. This, this is his, as, as we find out, this is actually his last film that he hmm. ever made. Um, when I look at Sam Cop, it is a testament to the innocence of a man who comes from war-torn Iran, who attempts to make, in his final film, he attempts to make the great American action film. What he succeeds in doing is making a film that is so atrociously bad on so many different ways that it elevates it to another level where it is entertaining from the opening monologues that they have about trying to unite the the all of the gangs in LA that means absolutely nothing, all the way to the end scene where they're just reusing thonged people on the beach. It is it is this it, there's a quality to that that's like it's someone who thinks it's okay. Like when he was writing the film because he's the writer and director of the film. It's he thinks that this is America's way. This is a time capsule for what America was in the late 80s, early 90s, like
1: 218.
0: Sure. Yeah. You, I mean, you, he you, if, that he does. He, he takes all of the tropes from these shitty action films. He takes all of the things that he thinks are. This is how it works. And truthfully, this is how films were kind of made back then. And to his I hate to even say to. To, to give him any praise for, for this because it's not something you would normally praise as a, as a film like he succeeds in making a bombastic outlandish wild fucking movie that's entertaining. Sure. And if you can separate it from the time and place that it took place, if you can separate it from some of those problematic elements, it's, a, it's an entertaining as hell film. And, you know, we don't know. I mean, we can say the whole, like, given the, the lady a couple of bottles of wine before the shoot, um, You know, obviously we don't know in that like the context, it could be bad, it could be very bad, or it could be very much like her being like, Hey, this will help me out. So I don't want to go and say one one way or the other. Um, you know, she hasn't spoken out about it, so I'm not gonna make any judgments there. But I will say if you are a trash crusader, if you're someone who loves pillaging or like filtering through the recesses of Amazon Prime or hangs out on Tubi all day, like you 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 can find better movies but i don't know if you can find one that's as entertaining as this so i'm gonna come in i'm gonna say i i do recommend this film to watch i think that if you enjoy the so bad it's good and you want to see some just wild shit and you want to be kind of grossed out by some of these just (laughs) terrible sex scenes um yeah, look, you're you're not going to find a better example of of someone making an attempt to like an out like a foreigner trying to make an American film. This is it. This is yeah. probably the the pinnacle, the peak of of that interpretation. Now that brings us to the end of the show. Um, so I want to go ahead and thank Patrick and Bennett for coming along the ride. Thank you guys for suffering through Samurai. <laughs> if you've yeah, enjoyed yeah. the show, please rate, review, and share the hell out of it with your friends, loved ones, and worst of enemies. I have a feeling someone out there told Keith it was okay to listen to the show and I'm, I'm not going to admonish you, but I will say fuck Keith. Hashtag fuck Keith. Keith.
2: Hashtag. If you're
0: interested in video games, check out our main podcast, the spotlight games podcast on all of your favorite streaming services. We also have a YouTube channel, so don't be a heathen and watch us banter about video games there as well. In the meantime, you can follow me at kid Cayman. Patrick at Patrick swag or our main podcast at spot games, pod on Twitter and spotlight games podcast on Instagram. If you want to be a part of the show, like I said, whether it be a guest host or have a movie recommendation, you can reach us at save trash cinema at gmail.com or you can DM us on all of our socials, which will be save trash cinema. Remember fight big box office, save trash cinema. Thanks guys.
2: I feel like somebody stuck a big club up my ass, and it hurts. I've got to figure out a way to get it out of there.